What's up, guys? Welcome back to Eastgate Exchange, a show where we talk about electric skateboards, M boards, board bumpers, you know, anything electric and skateboard. Some random related. stuff occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally we get off topic and uh, we, Money, you know, rocks. we talk about random stuff. Rock and roll. But uh, <laughs> um, I think it makes it more entertaining. Honestly. Yeah, honestly, um, if, if you guys know us at this point, um, we're we're all collectively very scattered, um, especially, oh, yeah. especially me. Um, we if we didn't have a show actually written out for us, there's no way we'd get through the show. Like well, I we have, would just talk for 45 well, yeah, minutes. Yeah, it would still be entertaining. Oh, sure. Like. Yeah, for sure. But it just wouldn't, uh, you know. Probably wouldn't get anywhere. Yeah, I mean, like, people are here for electric skateboards. So we should probably give them something what they're here for. It's good idea. Yeah. You know. Give right. people what they want. Yeah. So, quick little thing. We had our group ride. We had our first, like, yeah. group ride in Vegas uh, last week or this yeah. week, last weekend. Last weekend. And uh, we went to Wetlands Park, which I've never actually ridden. Um, if you're not, did you fall? I did not fall. Oh, nobody, nobody, no one fell. Very one good. dude went a little off, <laughs> off path, you know, unexpectedly. But oh. he but he's crash. all good. No yeah, crashes. Cool. No no uh, no board malfunctions. Mm. We were we Very were all good. good. Um, I had one quick second where I had one little scary moment, but it wasn't that scary. Like I was, I just felt like, whoa, and you then I was, and I was fine. I was just off balance, just a little bit. The problem is, you know, when you're riding on on asphalt and you get those little like, they're like almost like pimples of the road they, mm -hmm. they're like little like weird mounds that form mm -hmm. sometimes you don't see those and it's just a quick little whoop and you're and it's just like you feel like you might are those fall. for like pipes that go under the streets no they they're, they're the they, they don't used to like originally they're not there but i feel like they form in the asphalt uh, over time and these just little mounds they have cracks in them a little I wonder bit if it's because it gets so hot here heat it's, or it's, or usually I mean, it's, it's like it's like the bumps you'd see if there was like a tree growing nearby and it's like the roots the root, yeah. move it up but anyway, it's, it's on the middle of the desert, right? So there's not really a good base. I think they literally just kind of throw dug asphalt, a, dug a path through some asphalt, and yeah. you know they, yeah, they finally filled the cracks, which was nice. But yeah, uh, but I had never ridden over there, and mm -hmm. so if you guys don't know, wetlands. So Vegas is like obviously a desert, and I think most people understand it to be a desert. But there's also like a couple parts of Vegas where it doesn't quite look like a desert anymore, and wetlands yeah. is kind of one of those spaces. Now, once you get on the trail, it goes kind of back to desert. But wetlands is like, I guess it's what it sounds like. It's literally lands that are wet. <laughs> and there's like, you know, water runs through yeah, there. It's from like a spring. Yeah, things like grow there. It's kind of green. It actually looks like legit. But they have this beautiful like bike path that goes all, you know, kind of runs alongside of like the streams that kind of form into Lake Las Vegas. Yeah, it takes you it takes you actually all the way to Lake Las Vegas. Yep. Yeah. And I had never ridden that before, but there are sections of this of this ride that it's like giant like oh, really? like really wavy sections where it goes straight up and straight down and it's a lot of fun. Okay. Like it felt like a roller coaster yeah. the whole way. It was such a good time. And you know, at, at first cuz it always, you know, I, I always I feel like I got about a week or so between rides. I'm always, I'm never riding consistent days because mm -hmm. I'm here working, you know. Yeah. I, you know, we try to kick ass throughout the week and then I'm just tired. I'm not going to go out riding at night or anything here around. So, you know, I, I, I don't ride as much as I used to, as much as I'd like to. But every time I get on the board, I feel like it takes me a second to get back in the swing of things. And by the end of the ride, though, I was 
full throttle the whole way, yeah. like kicking ass. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. So you guys disappeared on the way back. Well, my so <laughs> I almost had a I almost had a problem with my board is I forgot to charge my remote. We had two oh. remote issues really. So but, my yeah. my remote started rookie dying. Mistake. Oh, yeah. totally rookie mistake. It's my own mi- fault. No, 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 no. <clears throat> that's a mic mistake. Yes, that's, that's, not a, that's just a given. As soon as we pulled up, I had his board because I was like fixing a tire or something. As soon as I pulled up, he goes, please tell me you remembered to charge it. And I'm like, of course I remember to charge it. Because <laughs> I gave it to him, Dad. Yeah, he's like, just just take, just take, do whatever you need to do for it. Just bring it back to me tomorrow. I was like, I got you, bro. And only thing he was responsible for, when I left the office, I said, dude, don't forget your remote. He I grabbed it, it, but I didn't charge <laughs> then it. Then he didn't know. So, so now I'm like, first of all, we thought we were going on a 10-mile ride. We really went on a 16-mile ride. Yeah, so you're lucky at the turnaround, I am eight miles away from the car, and my remote kicks down to one bar i'm oh. like oh shit like i'm be walking a long time because yeah. there's no roads either yeah. you're out in the desert and there's not really car access so i would be walking bring, like a battery pack we you. did have one jacob had one in his bag oh, but we didn't God. have the we didn't have the cable for the cable so and <sighs> i had just given out my backup remote which luckily i had brought one but uh to the other guy in the group with the same remote so mm-hmm. yeah there wasn't anything we could do then no. like it was just like well I will, uh, we'll see it's car. Hopefully. If, yeah. If not, so anyways, we'll I saw my remote was dying. I'm like, I just got to book it back. Like I'm just, I kind of left the group a little bit. I just hauled ass all the way back and I made it. I did it's make like, it. And it, nice. that's like a good long, like you are nonstop riding at full speed, seven, eight miles. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, far. Yeah. That was a good, that's like, like long 20 rip. minutes. Yeah. I know. It was, long ride. I can tell you my legs were, were very sore yeah. by the time we, we stepped off the board. Finally, I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh. Like we've been riding for quite a while. It's so it was only an hour and 45 minutes, too. Hour 45, what? We took a few breaks. We took more breaks. Well, we took, like, three or four breaks on the way out and tried mm-hmm. to get a good picture and uh, and then, like, went through that wavy section you mentioned. I kind of – I like to give people some room there because it does get so, like mm-hmm. – it's so roller coaster that some people can go fast. Yeah. We had, like, a kid on a bicycle, though, in front of us, so that was – Oh, dude, it's so funny. Thing, this guy is – this kid out. is just, just <laughs> cranking away on his bicycle, and all of a sudden we just go, whoom. Yeah. <laughs> just right we had like been, he's standing still just right by yeah. him we were being nice and like riding behind him and and he was just pushing as hard as he could as hard as he could and finally i was like mike we're gonna beat him up this hill anyway so you may as well just start going around him yeah, yeah. and he, he was uh, cool they were all cool about yeah, it yeah he was, it was have good. you ever been on a cruise like a on a crew, boat a cruise yeah. ship no. i have oh not like a, well, a real cruise like so. when i ride my board like you know like when you get off a cruise ship and you kind of like you touch the ground you still kind of feel like you're oh, moving yep that's exactly how I feel when I like get off an electric skateboard. Yep. Every time, like my, my feet legs, vibrate. Yeah. Yep. I, I feel you. Yeah. Now it's an, it's a lot less when you're on all terrains because it, it absorbs yeah. a lot of that yeah. vibration, but you can still feel it. Yeah. But street wheels, my feet literally feel like they're my phones inside of them ringing, <laughs> like it's insane. Yeah. But uh, no, it was a it was a good ride. So I, I was very Car- happy with carving how is the cure. Yep. I heard uh, Christina kick some ass. Yo, she was so awesome. Mike was very impressed. The, the first and only time we've ever ridden with her was at um, Mini Grand Prix. Yep. So it wasn't even real riding. Little small track, And she yeah. was talking right. about how she goes so slow and all this stuff. And Mike said she did great. So yeah. I, I finally pulled my phone out on the way back. So we had, she had like a little remote issue in the very beginning. Not, not a surprise, but it just like didn't connect. So Mike had already taken off. And I knew we weren't going to catch him. But so I waited and, and her and I just cruised like the whole way back. But if there was a point where I'm like, all right, she's going kind of fast. I want to see how, <laughs> how fast she's going. And I pulled out my phone and we were doing 20, 21, 22. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I didn't say a word. I just 
stayed don't, right don't tell her. her yeah i didn't yeah. want to say anything yeah. and um and dude she was ripping it on the way back so we're on the car and i'm like so babe do you uh even know how fast you're going on the way back She's like, no, and I, I'd rather not know. I'm like, okay, cool. Yep, I'm not <laughs> we'll gonna tell you. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But now she knows. But yeah, no, yeah, I so mean, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good. Like my biggest thing with the group rides is I don't love to like go crazy fast. Yeah. So it's like I want to get out ahead, so when everybody catches up to me, I'm not getting left in the dust. Yeah. Yeah. But this time around, I was in the front, <clears throat> and I stayed in the front the whole way. I was like, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, there's that. Um. It anyway, started it with like time. maybe 25 people. L- legit, I thought there were 25. Yeah. There was, there was just was a good right. like group of everybody. And we ended with six. Well, really? But I thought it was good because. Did people just turn around? They kind of just went sooner. and did. We got sort of to the end, which was, you know, like you I didn't want to go two different like, ways. I wasn't going to spend oh. like five hours and just like mess around all day. Like we were there to ride, get together, everybody meet, do that, you know, get the ride and then, and then let's go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and there were some other groups. They just like, well, we're gonna go a little farther, no problem. Like that's totally fine. Oh, nice. The group ride, you could say, is turning around, but you guys have fun. So um, we kind of all split off throughout the day, and I think we did maybe lose two or three. But then on our way back, we saw, I don't know, we saw an EUC, a couple EUCs, and yep. more electric bikes, and then a couple more mm-hmm. one wheels. So there was a lot of people. Dude, out there. the one wheels actually are pretty fast. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think about it, but I feel like I know like their top speeds, like they're listed on their websites. But like when you see them actually doing that 25 miles yeah. an hour, I'm like, damn, like it's it's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Not going to lie. Um, it was fun watching. <clears> them ride. That was cool. I still don't want to do it, but it was fun watching. Them. I, I want to do that line on a mountain board. Yeah. That, like, yeah, they were doing deal. some they like, were doing some cool shit. Cool, like off road, like actual mm. off roading. There, I didn't areas. I've never really looked normally we're on this a long time but like the trail is is so nice it's just asphalt right yeah and i've never really looked up around and i saw so many of these just like side lines that you could take through the desert that were actual trails like it you know it didn't say you couldn't be out there but yeah i feel like i would eat shit if i oh, tried no. to ride the, the one going out there and like oh one wheel it takes a minute on, yeah. a, on yeah. a mountain board or something that would be yeah it'd be fun for sure it'd be cool all right, so um, so yeah, there there goes our group ride. Uh, if if you guys haven't done group rides, I, I really urge you to to start a group in your local area. I mean, even just riding with one other person just makes it so much more fun. Yeah. Um. So last week we kind of talked about real quick that that Jake and I had acquired Gecko Derm, and we wanted to just talk about like what that is because we kind of mentioned it, but we wanted to like talk about like what our plans are for the future, what we want to do with it. Um, so gecko derm, it, Jacob, do you want to take, you know, what it is? Yeah. So, so ultimately gecko derm is a protective film that you apply on the base of your skateboard or, or your EUC or your one wheel or your bikes. Um, and, and so it's, you could kind of compare it to like the protective film you see on the front of vehicles, like mm-hmm. a kit for a car is like 1500 bucks. Right. Yeah. And it's literally just a piece of plastic, but that piece of plastic absorbs road chips it makes it a little easier to clean things like that and then you know push comes to shove you want to sell your car you peel it off you have a brand new bumper or whatever mm-hmm. whatever you did so essentially it's 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 the same idea but it's for the impact points on our boards so the bottom of a carbon skateboard you go over one curb wrong right you you uh just take rock chips from riding these all-terrain what say yep. to be all you know you take them off road and as soon as you do it, when I did it with a $2,000 carbon board, I was like, 
man, my board's going to get destroyed. Yeah. And it did. It, it got messed up. Mm-hmm. So having this on there takes those impacts. It has a self-healing uh, like kind property. of membrane. Yeah. So whether that's just a little heat from a heat gun or just direct sunlight, that the mark in the in the, in the film is not necessarily going to go away or if there's like a scratch. But if you rub your hand over it, it'll be completely smooth. It's refilled that that hole. Mm-hmm. So if you take a hit in the same spot, nothing nothing happens. Um, do you guys just have clear? Or are you going to do different colors too? Well, so that's kind of where we're trying to take it in the future. So right now we just have clear. So which is which is nice because it's like invisible. Mm-hmm. Like when it's on your board, you can't see it. Yeah, you can kind of feel it when you touch it, but you can't really see it. But we're really trying to work with our with our suppliers to try to get like a matte version so yeah. people can like turn their glossy like you know carbon boards into more of a matte finish which is kind of cool mm-hmm. and we're also trying to experiment with actually printing like real patterns on these yeah, wraps too cool. so people can actually add like an element of um you know design their own yeah their own mm-hmm. creativity their own design whether that's you know them being able to choose their own print or you know it's a uh, various ones that we yeah, offer you could but. always do like custom so like anytime like someone buys like custom they have to like upload a photo. Yeah. Now that we could maybe that try that. Cool. That w- that would mean we have to bring yeah. printing in house, yeah. but we'll have right. to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. But either either way. Either way though, that's something we'd love to try to. Really I think try it would be do. very marketable. Yeah. Like I mean, people like that's the biggest thing is people love to customize. Like people yeah. will spend so much money just changing colors of stuff. So it's mm-hmm. really interesting to see, um, you know, the customization options we may be able to have. I, mean, I know people who really love stickers. If you put stickers on your decks first and then put the 3M, yeah. you protect It'll them. Stay there. Um, so anyways, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really excited to see where we can kind of push this this new, you know, venture. Um, there's definitely a, a reason, you know, a, a space for it, especially these guys are spending so much money. So much. They're, they're, the paint jobs now that are coming out, like, are wild, man. Yeah. And that yeah. I know those are expensive. I, yeah. There's no way you're spending that much money and then you're just going to go, like, destroy your board well yeah. some of these like black like say evolve board like underneath like i could see like a different color like on the yeah. enclosure part would look really cool oh for sure yeah it's it's gonna be really cool so you know we'll see how it goes i mean we gotta figure out how we can print on this stuff mm-hmm. yeah we've only we've only offer really what like 10 actual kits right now for electric skateboards but ideally there's a giant drop down list and you just you go through and pick what you want. Board. And as long as we can prototype it, we can cut it. We can, yep. we yeah. can have it prepared, you know? Yeah. So, so offering that, um, you need could to have, get a lot of the boards though. We could have yeah. 200 offerings, you know, yeah, we the, could the nice have thing 200 of, of them. Yeah. The nice thing about this company is that you, we cut them here in house. Yeah. So we don't have to have any stock and prototyping. Yeah. The nice thing about prototyping these is it's all 2d cut vials. <clears throat> It's not like we need to actually get How a How long hand. does like one cut take? Say you have no stock, someone orders and you need to fulfill. A minute. Oh, really? That's it cuts it? so yeah. fast. Oh, it's actually okay. scary how fast it cuts. Oh, nice. Because the blade just whips around yeah. like crazy <laughs> and cuts it out. You're like, oh, well, that oh, was quick. I guess we're done. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're done. So yeah, the, the, luckily, it's it's not very labor intensive. It's just the material is very expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice material, but it's very expensive. It's a military grade, you know, it's a military grade material that uh, also like, you may have heard it on on like helicopter tape, so they actually use it in the military on the blades of helicopters yep. to wow. protect them. That's yep. how intense this stuff is. Oh wow! Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It's, it's very awesome. thick. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. That's crazy. Um, 
I, I guess that's a good segue into you we know, to talk about prototyping and you know how we kind of do that for Gecko Derm, which the way we prototype that it's literally two dimensional cut files. So we just measure a few things, use reference photos, and and uh, you know make our cut files the same shape as obviously what we're sticking it onto. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more than that because we have to make sure that they all wrap around the yep. three dimensional uh, edges and stuff. But yeah. other than that, it ends up just being a two dimensional like SVG AI file, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. But prototyping is an interesting topic that people like to talk about just because it's, you don't get to hear about like actually producing a new product enough from companies. And I feel yeah. like people should talk, like I wish companies would talk about it more. So I wanted to talk about it because, you know, a lot of people ask. Um, so we're obviously, we've been talking about it a couple of times. We're starting on, we're about to kind of come out with our new boards. We've had a lot of prototyping, you know, we've been doing a lot of prototyping in the last, like, you know, several months. And I want to talk about prototyping for like compared to production and then prototyping for the DIY world compared to prototyping for the production world and like what the differences are, what that means. So we're kind of at the exciting part as, as far as like um, when we're about to release new products, the exciting part is to see all the prototypes actually start to come in. So we've gotten our motor mounts in, we've gotten our, um, our trucks. Well, our trucks are actually done. We have actually the final versions done. We have a whole batch of them here. But our trucks are, are, I'm sorry, our our motor mounts are here. Our heat sink is here. Literally any minute, the bell is going to ring and our and our carbon fiber deck is going to be here. So like all the stuff we've been working on and prototyping, the the original, like the samples are coming in. So mm-hmm. you can actually put one together, which is really fun. Show people, yeah. And actually like test it out, make sure it all works. But um, I wanted to talk about like how we get to this point because originally we have to start off with nothing. We start off with an empty screen mm-hmm. and a blank piece of paper and then we finally get here. And so the first time we, we did this was with kind of with the interstellar board. We, you know, we prototyped all the stuff. We got it all here. We built one. It worked. It was great. Then we did actual production and we learned a lot since then. And we've kind of approached a few things differently this time around than we did last time. So what I realized after the first interstellar is that people break everything. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you do. They will find a way to break everything. It doesn't like it for, I, I I'm just convinced that people just don't care about their stuff. There's some people who just like, they care about it when it breaks, but they don't treat it well yeah. while they own it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like they just throw their stuff around and expect it to like, Last for I don't last forever, even though they're abusing it all just the time. Just always just turn on for them or, or whatever. Like. Ah, it's weird. So this time around, we, we've changed the way that we've kind of looked at a few different things. We've made everything like thicker and beefier and everything is just better this time around. People are still going to find a way to break it. Don't oh, get me yeah. wrong. They, oh, people break everything. But so the, the way that we kind of start with prototyping is I guess I'll take you through the process of like literally blank page to having a physical product in hand. So the way that we start is, well, first we have to find, you know, we have to make a list of every component that goes into the board. So I make literally a giant list and then I put a status on all of them, whether it means we've designed it, whether we've done a prototype yet, whether we have a sample done or, you know, if we've approved the sample and then once we actually have a whole batch here, and that's kind of like the components are complete. So I do I do that for every single component, whether that means trucks, motor mounts, heat sinks, batteries, you know, ESCs, anything like that. So, for example, like motor mounts, we're kind of like in the process of we just got our samples and we've just approved the samples. So the way that we start with that is we figure out what everything that attaches to the motor mount. So the motor mount has to go on the motor on the trucks. 
and then the motors have to go on the motor mount. So that's the two different things. Where so like on this board, not to cut you off, but like no, you're where good. did you start? So what was the first thing that you were like, okay, I'm going to build the entire board around this? The carbon I, fiber deck? I think the deck is mostly what we started with. And, well, it's interesting because... Because then you can kind of build from there, right? Like, yeah. you have the deck, you know what it can handle battery-wise. Okay, well, I know what the battery is, so you know what kind of brain it can handle. And, like, yeah. yada, yada, yada. So, yeah. so like I a think motor mount is, like, it's, like, way down the line. Probably it's, like re- it's pretty far down the yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like number 10. So, like, what I... I but the drivetrain is really important, too. Yeah. And the drivetrain really can get transplanted on nearly any build. Yeah. I mean, really. So there's kind of two things going on. There's there's your deck and your internals all have to kind of make sense. And then your drivetrain has to make sense. So I kind of, mm-hmm. those are almost two different projects and they kind of come together at the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like in this case, so for our, our deck, what we started with was two-dimensional drawings. We used some reference photos of different boards. Um, we found different dimensions that are standard, like the, the truck holes for like mounting your trucks. Like that's standard. That has to be, that's something that that measurement has to be correct Mm -hmm. or else people won't be able to put their own trucks on. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do custom base plates. That's crazy. Like you want to do that. So like all that measurements, so you have to find all those measurements and then you have to start working around a couple different things. Like for us, we're going to jam a 12 S eight P in this thing. All right. Well, how big is a 12 S eight P? How much room do you need for an ESC? How, you know, so then you start with that and then you start like, building it from the inside out because you know yeah. what needs to go inside of it. Um, and then you start with two dimensional drawings and then you kind of make, you know, you extrude that into being 3d. Then you have to cut the the battery cavity out of it and you have to round all the edges and, and you start doing that, all that with like 3d software. Like we use mm-hmm. fusion 360 for pretty much everything. And once you have your deck, then it's time to like prototype and actually like test fit stuff. And then what we'll do is like, I spent like, I don't even know, 10 days or something 3d printing our, our uh, carbon fiber deck in five different sections and gluing the whole thing together to see what it looks like in real life before we even think about getting a mold done. Yeah. Cause the mold is very expensive. Yeah. I could, I mean, it cost five times as much as my first car. Like it's super expensive. <laughs> these molds. You never did let me ride that 3d board. No, it's <laughs> hot glued together. It's that literally like, it's like sections, so. like about a foot long, man all glued together yeah. so like you'd jump on it and then like 10 oh, seconds later gone. it would just it'd be, be a bomb like if there was a battery in it, it'd be a bomb <laughs> oh god yeah you basically like be riding on the battery yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> which is not a good idea so um so we 3d printed the whole thing and then you know then we have to get all the components to fit and once the components fit then then we can send off for a sample so actually the first yeah. round of 3d printing um the battery did not fit it was like a couple millimeters too shallow. I couldn't fit the whole thing in there. Um, so we had to go back to the drawing board, extend the, you know, the battery cavity down a little bit. And now it all should fit. Mm-hmm. It fits in the 3D print. So as long as it translates directly to the board we're about to receive, then we should be good to go. Yeah. Didn't you say there's like a percentage of, of shrinkage? Too? Yeah, so there is. So when you 3D print, especially large, that's a good, good point. When you're 3D printing large items, um, when you're done 3D printing something, as it cools, it shrinks by like a couple percentage oh, points. Oh, really? Yeah. So, it, so 3D printing can be really difficult and really tough when things need to be exact, when things need to yeah. fit inside of each other. That that shrinkage can be can be a problem. No one you're likes. within like millimeters. I mean, I mean, otherwise you have dead space. Why would don't you don't? There's no reason to have dead yeah. space. Like right. So like when you're 3D printing something that's about you know two inches tall, two percent difference. Okay, you're at one point nine. Okay, big deal. It's it's pretty much just the right size. But when you're 
3D printing something that's 40 inches long. All right, well, now you're talking like maybe a half an inch. That could be a yeah. big difference. Yeah. So navigating that is also kind of uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, so now like we've gotten the deck done. We should be receiving that any day. Our drivetrain looks great. Um, so one thing we've, we had to do with that is we thickened up our, our motor mounts. So they're much thicker now. Um, people like, I don't know if they just run off curbs and they just bash everything on the ground. They, man, they just mess. They just destroy everything. It's crazy. I don't know. Um, but, but when we did our motor mounts though, like something to consider, you have to, that has to fit on your trucks and then your motors have to screw into it. But then the thickness of your motor mount and then the length of your axles have to, or the length of your motor shafts have to be exact. So Mm -hmm. all your pulleys line up easily. Because you can't be like making these micro adjustments like yeah. when you're building production. So this is maybe you were kind of asking me, Jacob, the difference between prototyping and bringing a product to market for DIY right. versus like a production type of build, and how that is different. So like when we're doing DIY parts, we kind of know that they're going to be used for just a ton of different builds, different not even parts. skateboarding either sometimes not even skateboarding people like, buy we got a email the other day of a guy using a vesk and a 6355 to build a zip line in his back like electric zip line yeah that's <laughs> cool with the remote like with the electric skateboard remote yep. like you grab on the zip line and then like you can just move oh wow oh, that's interesting crazy. so so there's a good example like diy people are all over the place their builds are always so different so it's like a lot of these parts are made to be somewhat generic. Like they can mm-hmm. be kind of used anywhere. Like a lot of our pulleys, like you don't have the bearings fit inside them because the spacing is always different. So we kind of try to make sure that um, we can, you know, it can be used for multiple different things. But for production, you have to like try to dummy proof everything. One, because the part has to be assembled very easily. It has to all go together really easy or else it's going to take you a million years to produce one board. In reality, you need to be able to, you know, we in-house need to be able to assemble five boards a day Mm -hmm. to stay on top of whatever we're selling. And the DIY parts aren't usually like that. It usually takes someone a good amount of time to get their board together, line everything up, make sure it's running. And it's just... It's a little different. Well, when you're doing one by one, it takes a lot more time than like assembly lining. Right. Right. Like if if they were building 10 boards, it would be much quicker, much quicker. than. But even then, like the parts that that you choose to use in our production line is going to be they're all going to be made for each other. Yeah. Where DIY, they're all made to be adapted to each other. Mm -hmm. So it's like they all work together, but it takes a little bit of effort to get them all there. Whereas the production side, it all is exactly. Yeah. Everything had its had each other in mind type thing everything's been done for you then right? yeah it, it goes together yeah. one way yeah. it all yeah. goes together one way and there's no way to really mess it up mm-hmm. of course there's always someone who can mess it up but you know you know what i'm trying to say um but it, it's it's very interesting just because like you know we've i've done my a fair share of prototyping at this point and um i mean I, it would be fun to like actually like show off the actual prototyping process because mm-hmm. it's so it's, to me, I find it actually. I love prototyping yeah. stuff. The design process is my favorite. If I could, yeah. if I could just do that and not have to deal with running the company, I would love to just sit down, prototype, and design for all kinds of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, like, as I'm prototyping, I learn a lot about the 3D software, and then I stop prototyping and move on to my other jobs here, 
and then I revisit the software and I'm like, how do I do that again? Yeah. Like, and, and all my, pro, all my prototyping, like knowledge has come from YouTube. Like I've literally learned yeah. everything on YouTube. You're so. not amazing at one specific task. You're pretty good at <laughs> a I'm, lot I'm of tasks. I'm passable at a lot of different tasks, yeah. but I, I don't specialize in anything specific, but I wish I could yeah. specialize in the, in the design aspects of things. Cause I know that a lot of our products would be a lot better if I actually could spend significant portions of time on mm -hmm. everything. But you know, here we are. And I think, you know, a little time, a little bit of a learning curve yeah. there, but, but I'm really stoked with how our, our drivetrain has, has come out it on this board. Good. I'm hoping this board shows up and it looks good. I mean, literally yeah. any minute the bell is going to ring. Here. Well, right the, it, right? the pictures yeah. that you uh, showed yeah. me look good. Yeah. It's so. hard to tell from pictures yeah. though. Cause it's like how to see the scale of something Yeah, like this board, it's a carbon fiber board. It's going to fit 12 SAP. It's going to be a thick board. Mm -hmm. Like the enclosure is pretty big. Now, it's not any bigger than like, say, a bamboo board with, with an enclosure on it. Mm -hmm. um, Probably still smaller. It might still be thinner, yeah. But yeah. it's for a carbon board, it's going to look like thick, yeah. which is nice. I mean, it's going to look nice. It's going to yeah. look like people are going to go there. There's a big-ass battery in there. Mm -hmm. And people are going to like it. Yeah. So it's going to be a heavy board, too. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a heavy board. But yeah. I think I think that the range we're going to squeeze out of this thing is going to be insane. Well, people right? like the higher range anyways oh no yeah so. it's gonna be awesome well, so keep an eye out because we may or may not be working on a little mini documentary video to come out of the whole process of designing and bringing this board to production yeah I, we're gonna work on it i mean we're gonna, we'll see how how complete it is because there's a lot of stuff that happens that i just don't have the time to document film, but man. but uh, when we get this board right now though we're gonna be filming it we'll be opening it up on camera and stuff so you guys can kind of see like my first reactions when i see it yeah. I've seen photos of it, but anyways. Speaking of prototyping, though, um, mm -hmm. we talked about this a little last week. Yep. I just thought I'd share this because it's just another thing to talk about. But um, we got an email about the person who asked the question about, um, like, safety features in the yep. board. Like, Oh, uh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, for yeah. like, the automatic stop and stuff. Automatic but emergency braking. Yeah. yeah. But so he emailed us. No, no, no. Right. He emailed <laughs> us and he said that he w they were not thinking about doing automatic braking because they knew that that would be a problem throwing yeah. people off the board and stuff. Yep. But they're putting sensors in like the front of the board and inside like your helmet. So it'll like beep at you Vibrator if beep, something yeah. is coming towards you or like like to the side or something. OK. And it'll like give you a warning to stop but it won't physically stop your board that's cool um and they're actually going on to some competition um to secure to, so if they win it they like secure funding. funding that's yeah. really cool yeah. yeah and they they like sent over like a youtube video explaining their cool. whole now so process it goes in it is it a helmet or does it go in your i helmet? emailed them back and i asked them if it was like can this be added to any helmet or are you selling the actual physical helmet Okay. And I haven't gotten a response yet, but I thought okay. it was super cool. They, well, may, they may not know yet either. They may not know yet either. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I hope they do something where you can add it to an existing helmet because people are very specific about the helmets that they purchase. Mm -hmm. And it would be nice if they could still have, if the general person who wants yeah. this product could still have helmet choice yeah. instead of having to go and grab a different helmet. They said like the design process and everything, like the competition and stuff will be done. Um, end of second semester that's cool that's cool so i'm assuming like april may they'll okay. they'll have like at least a prototype available that's cool um, well hey if they want to come to vegas and, cool. and talk about their project we you yeah know, they were yeah. talking about maybe coming to um eskate con if like they have a prototype in yeah hands. for sure but 
I'm not sure yet. Hey, that's that cool. will be super that's cool. cool. Well, they should come either way just to come hang out. Yeah. Because they can come on the podcast and talk about their project. Because that sounds yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's, there, I think there is definitely a time and place for like active safety features as mm-hmm. far as, um, you know, electric skateboarding goes and, and really just PEBs yeah. in general. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, this, this like technology can be used for several things, not just electric skateboarding. Right. All right. I've got some viewer submitted questions All right. for us today. So, the question is building a board versus programming an ESC, which is harder to learn, but I'm going to take it one step Jeez. further and ask you guys, what would you rather walk someone through? Are we saying, okay, okay. so let's just clarify. Because you both, build, so building a board. Just like assembly. Probably, right? I think put it all the assembly part. Is, put it together. Is putting, installing right. pulleys, okay. doing yeah, all yeah. that stuff, or programming mm. an ESC. So you guys know how to do that, and I think you're too biased and you've done it too many uh. times to say, what's harder to learn. So I would ask you, I know what I'd want to do. If you, if someone like didn't know anything about it and you had to just call them on the phone and explain to them how to do it and walk them through the process, like what would make you hate your life more? Here's, here's, I have a, I have immediate answer for this programming. The word programming is that's how we kind of all describe it, but it's, we're not programming anything. You're not sitting there typing code. You're plugging in a handful of numbers into a piece of software the tutorials we've made are very step-by-step. It's not that hard. 99% of our customers who have never done it before successfully do it their first try because it's it's not hard. You just have to understand what numbers we're looking for, where to find your numbers, and plug them in. It's not hard. Now, there's a handful of people we get who are just so so stubborn, they just don't even want to try. And it's it, that's really frustrating. And there's times when people use Mac instead of PC and they do run into some issues. Yeah, but if... I'm. Um, assuming they're using the proper software and hardware, it, it's really not difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem, like, so to me, I'd much rather walk someone through that because same when I, I don't know how to teach you to be a handy person. Yeah. If you just yeah. can't Either. understand how to put screws together... I don't know what, like, sometimes I just feel like, how did you make it this You far? either know how to use a screwdriver and a ratchet or you don't. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and again, I'm not trying to, like, be Which mean is, to anybody, but there are some people, you sh- like, that should just buy boards. Yeah. Because, like, we always, we always recommend, per- like, building because mm-hmm. if you can if you can build it, you can fix it. And well, that's, that's the your biggest main deal. business, too. That's our main so. business model, and we still believe in that. Mm-hmm. But there's just some people who are so unwilling to learn. They're so unwilling to try to solve simple um, like simple problem solving, they won't. They just refuse. Like one one little hiccup, and they they're up in arms. They're yeah. just completely not willing to help themselves or help us help them. I mean, a simple Google search or YouTube video can go a long a way. long way. Oh man, you can't teach somebody though, like like how to not over tighten a screw. Right? Yeah, like, I yeah. mean they, that comes they, with experience. I, I more a, the more I, builds you do, the easier right. it'll get. I have a buddy though that um. He dropped his board off with me. We put some new parts on it. I like, I couldn't even get his wheels off at first. Wow. They Whoa. were so tight. The axle nuts? Yeah. I was like, Whoa. I, how did he not destroy all the bearings? I don't know. I was like, dude, this is wild. Like what, what's going on here? How did so, his like, wheels even turn? It was, it was, that's how I they noticed don't really. it because I was just trying to like kick push. The board wasn't even on yeah. and I, I like couldn't go anywhere. That must <laughs> ruin his belts wild, too. So, Belt yeah, bearings. I replaced yeah. everything. Yeah. We replaced that's, everything in his board and I was like, yo, you got to pay attention to this shit. Yeah. yeah. Cause that, that'll dude, blow like, your motors too. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's like, yeah, I mean, I, I did it, but I just, I forgot to fix it. And I'm like, I think you're right <laughs> this all the time. So, you know, it, you can't teach somebody that like you, you know, you can't teach somebody. Don't forget the washers. 
you know, even I still have that problem. Like it doesn't matter. I will finish putting a board back together and I am missing one or two screws and yeah. I have no idea where they went. I, yep. I, I know, or I have like an extra one and I'm like, where the hell did this one come from? <laughs> That's what happens what, when what I build Ikea furniture. Yeah. I always yeah. have leftover Except screws. Except I know like what I started with. I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't. But yeah. it never breaks. Nothing yeah. ever breaks. Yeah. So, I, so honestly, like teaching someone how to align their motor mounts and pulleys is just the most frustrating because yeah. there's no way of applying I, proper tension. There's just no way of explaining yeah. it that way. Well. I feel like teaching someone how to use VESC tool is very black and white. Like right. you either press this or you don't. And then building a board, it's kind of by feel like right. it, it, you kind of teach yourself how to build one. Yep. Like I remember you had me take apart all like those drive trains yep. like that one day. Yep. And at first it was like, I was struggling cause like I've never done that before, but I did like 10 of them. And then once through yep. like three or four and now like you second could, nature and now you could put them yeah. back together you yeah. can disassemble I can them build an interstellar right now now yeah but like when they first came out yeah i i would have made some mistakes sure but it yeah. just comes as experience well mistakes mistakes happen especially diy and my, but my biggest thing is it's like you gotta be willing to learn how to do something mm -hmm. you gotta be willing to go okay there's a problem here let me figure out how to fix this yeah. instead of People get so frustrated over, over silly stuff. Too, yeah. yeah, they immediately start sending emails. And then the biggest thing is we always have to ask for like pictures and videos because like we really can't, like no matter how well you think you just explained that, we have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like we got to have photos and videos. And then people are unwilling to send videos I and photos. Know. I'm just like, guys, please. And I literally tell them like if they need, like if something breaks and it's a manufacturer defect, it's our fault. Oh, Obviously sure. we're, we replace it. Yeah. No questions asked. But like, well, a few questions. Well, <laughs> but mostly yes. Yes. Um, but I'll just be like, hey, can you send over this picture of your battery's voltage, your charger's voltage? Like a lot of times, like someone blows a charger. Like it happens. So yeah. Like the charger will stop working, and then they think it's the battery that's at fault. But right. like it's almost never the battery. No, almost never. It's, it's always a charger. It's always problem. the charger. But like then they just. They like don't want me to. They don't want to send me the voltage of their charger. Yeah. Like why? If you send it to me, I will send you out a new one same day. Yep. It's but insane. They delay it. Yeah. yeah. So people are kind of crazy, but so yeah. The answer, quick answer is much rather walk someone through programming than actually yeah. building the board. Same. So I speaking of that. of batteries, okay. Um, what are some steps that we are taking to streamline the battery building process? Okay. So we've kind of talked about it a little bit. We are we are bringing battery building in house. We, are, we will be beginning to start assembling our own packs here. We still have quite a few packs that we still need to sell through yeah. before we start switching over to assembling our own. But a few, there's a few different things that we're doing that are actually going to make battery assembly sh pretty quick. It should be. They're going to be flexible too, which is nice. Yes, the whole, all the batteries will be flexible, which is really nice. I mean, the small little one piece won't wow. be, but like all the bigger long packs mm -hmm. will be. Um, but what we're going to do is... What takes the longest is soldering all those little connectors. That's such a pain in the yeah. ass. So we're going to get all of the, the connectors we possibly can prefabricated for us. Mm -hmm. So when we get them, the correct connectors are already installed on the right gauge wire. And all we have to do is solder the wires on mm -hmm. and the connectors are already done. So that's one thing we're going to do to start like actually streamlining that process. Um, we're also going to start doing more of an assembly line. Instead of building a pack beginning to end, we'll do 10 of them all at the same time all together as a group mm -hmm. you know so um 
you know, I'll probably be doing all the spot welding because like I, I trust myself to the spot yeah. welding where, whereas Maddie can be doing all of the gluing of the cells. Cause that's an easy task. Um, not, not to say Maddie can't anyone else. I it's see just, how yeah. it is. No, no I, I understand. I wasn't, I wasn't saying. trying that to be was rude. The best. <laughs> I was waiting. I for get that. where it sounds bad, I like, but I know no, what you're trying to don't say. Don't say uh, it. My, my I did in his defense. I did. He was doing the hot glue, and I was like, "Oh, that looks fun." <laughs> I like hot. I like hot glue. I don't know. Yeah. What I know what, it I is know what you're it. trying to say, and I yeah. know you weren't trying to get at that. I more, I more meant the most experienced person should be doing the most complex job, just because. I mean, eventually, obviously you can teach someone to spot weld. It's not yeah. crazy. It's not hard. But for right now, you in our feel group, more comfortable. With I you feel more comfortable it. to make that. sure that that the packs leaving the warehouse were spot welded by me mm -hmm. versus by you or by Maddie or even by Jacob. Yeah. Now, eventually, I know damn well that all of us could easily build a battery pack. Mm -hmm. It's really once you get taught how to do it, anyone can do it. Um, but that's one thing we're going to do is it will be assembly lining. So making sure that like I'll do all the spot welding. Maddie can do all the gluing. Um, someone can do all the fish paper wrapping for all the different P groups, like all that stuff. It's not hard. It's just, it's just repetitive and yeah. it's time consuming. Yeah. So once you get in a nice, uh, once you get a nice like production line going or assembly line going, it, it's really not that crazy. And assembly lines are nice because you're way less at like uh, mistake prone. Like you, mm -hmm. there's a very specific order of steps. You're not going to forget something if you have to do it 10 times in a row, you know what I'm saying? So there's stuff like that. So mainly the connectors all getting pre pre done. Now, like right now, all the prototype batteries I've been building, I'm doing all those connectors myself. And that that's been pretty lame. It kind of yeah. sucks. It takes that's that prototyping process. So that way, you know, in the production level, yeah, you look at it and took it a step further and said, Well, I can have these made for me, which makes way more sense. They'll probably, you know, not necessarily that they're better, but yeah, it makes it easier for you to work through some of this process. Yep. Whereas if it stays on the DIY, like there's plenty of builders out there. There's plenty of battery builders that build awesome, oh, you know, works of art, yeah. but it takes them forever to do it. You know, you put and in an order with them expensive. Expensive, and it yeah. takes you six weeks to get a battery mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And there's this long process. Okay. Do you want this? Do you want that? Like, look, Mike's going to put out a high quality, awesome battery. You're not going to need to change anything. Yeah. You yeah. just need to buy the battery. You need to know what will fit in, in whatever board, whether it's that Mike's new, you know, or it's your own, it, you'll know. So it's, and you're making different. modular packs. So if they buy like a 10 S two P, they can eventually make it a 12 S two P or a 10 S four P. quite that way. I eventually think, yeah. I would like to do modular packs. The only issue with modular packs is that a lot of cables are involved and a lot of connectors are involved and it gets so like they would bulky. have to open it up and connect it, it gets themselves. bulky and then then the issue is also is the the balance cables get tricky and so not to say it's not possible it's very yeah. possible what we are doing though is making our bms's modular so the entire bms can just get unhooked oh if someone blows rid a bms of you don't have to get rid yeah. of the whole battery well and then our batteries are also going to be they're going to be uh the discharge will be bypassed mm -hmm. so you'll have a direct unlocked like source of power like you're, you're not going to run the power through a bms mm -hmm. you're going to charge through your bms but all your main power is going straight from the cells yeah. which means these small cell p42as they put out a nice like a lot of power and you'll be able to harness all that power for your builds you is are, that dangerous in any way to do it that um way? so it can be so there is a there is some disclaimers involved so you i mean 
good luck trying I mean, maxing out these batteries would be pretty difficult because if you took a 12s8p that thing can output like 200 something amps or something crazy i wouldn't put it past anybody someone though. would do it you right gotta but on the esc level you would you would put a maximum amount of current draw from mm. it now you can also if they really want to they can also put inline fuses so that way they really there is a physical limitation there um which i actually probably will recommend people do and mm -hmm. um, we'll probably try to find like a nice like vendor who can make us nice like xc90 inline mm -hmm. fuses um but in, in theory though if you had a if you had a vesk you could you could um you could set the maximum amount of amperage that would yeah. be pulled from your battery and that way there's no issues there yeah um but yeah there can be dangers if, if if your battery can't handle a certain amount of amperage and you're pulling that much out there out of it um you can definitely damage your your cells and stuff like that mm -hmm. um which a bms would um prevent now here's another thing though there's some safety things that are that are improved by discharging by, by bypassing discharge because a lot of times um when you're you know if a regen break uh like uh breaking regen when you hit when you push push too many amps back into your battery your bms can cut out and it can prevent uh, you from breaking yes which that can be a big problem too if you're also pulling too many amps out of it and out of your battery and uh your bms limit limits that you can also have cutouts that way so you're preventing a lot of cutouts this way mm -hmm. um a lot of a lot of times a bms just shuts your battery off just because you hit you know you're drawing too much power from it but that won't be a problem with with the way we're going to do it so there's 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 plus and minuses. So like we're we're going the unlocked route because I I, I trust people. They want the, they want the, you know they have to have responsibility for it. they you mm -hmm. know they have to treat their things right. But you know we want to give them the full potential of the of the yeah. battery packs. Okay, very quickly. Okay, not asking for discussion, just a date. What is the release date for the new boards? Oh man! Well, no discussion, just a date. Well, he started with well. How no. about a season or a month or a okay. We are hoping for early April. June 9th. No. Dude, oh what's June 9th? 6 9. Oh, geez. No. <laughs> he was going for 420. I'm yeah. going Mike's route. Yeah. We, or I'm hoping for, early, I was hoping for early to late March, but I, mm. I really think it's going to be early to mid April just because of. Okay, April 20th. Logi so. Logistics are just a mess right now. Yeah. So we will have a prototype ready for the convention. We will have one people can ride it and they can hang out with it and they can see it and whatever. But we're not going to be able to probably start mass producing these until probably April, unfortunately. But so there you go. There's a quick release. So that response. might mean a release more like in June, though. I mean, I guess you could start releasing as soon as you build them. Yeah, I mean, the well, good I'm going to say you're going to want to release release it sooner rather than later. Yeah, the good news is we'll probably do a launch video in March, and they probably be ready to for sale around early April. Got to get them out of here before the summer. Yeah, All right. yeah. Mark, they All watched right. it the whole way. Oh, geez. What's, uh, what's the what's the okay. question of the day? All right, um, I forgot about this, so I didn't oh, have one ready to go. It's like your uh, one, job. <laughs> your one job, one oh, job, the geez. one thing you contribute to the the this podcast. Mark segment, <laughs> and he forgot to write his own. Um, one okay, so if you watched it all the way to the end, um, please comment below. Um, let's go with what is your favorite Olympic winter sport okay like favorite to watch yep okay and who is your favorite olympian and just any olympian like or from winter no any olympian, any olympian? i'm just saying this because the winter olympics are coming up soon so yeah I, I have to say my favorite my favorite olympics like olympian clip is when 
when Sean White is getting interviewed on the news, and he's talking about like right when he started, like when he was young, and he's like not even he's not twenty one, he's like nineteen or twenty, mm-hmm. and he's talking about like the flight attendants, whatever, bringing him drinks, and then the news anchor goes, "What do you, what do you mean getting drinks? You're not even twenty one." And he goes, "I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby." <laughs> <laughs> My favorite clip ever. Yeah. It's so awesome. That's Anyways, funny. if you guys don't know, what I'm talking about. I'll link it down in the description below because it's just too good of a clip. <laughs> Sean White's hilarious. Who, who is your favorite Olympian? Is it Sean? White? Oh, I don't know. He's pretty funny. Uh, there's just people like I don't really care like they're great what they do they're all so good at what they do so yeah. I'm not gonna pick one based on their performance I'm gonna pick one because they're really nice yeah. or they really be- they really belong or they, or they they worked hard to get there so yeah. but Sean White's hilarious so I feel like he would be up there for me he is one I think he has the most Olympic golds for for winter snowboarding yeah he might. I saw a thing, a post that was um, like 10 things you wish you could see in sports. And one of them was that in every Olympic event, out of all like the professional athletes, they just put in like a regular person just oh, to show, dude, like, just to show like they did that. how how yes. bad it, they really yes. would be compared to everybody else. Like they need to stick me out on the yeah, on the line for the hundred words. meter dash. You, know you want to go crazy? skiing today? <laughs> go ahead, buddy, to the top and just be like, holy you know what's crazy? shit! What just happened? Um, do you know who Katie Ledecky is? She's like swim. the best yeah, yeah. women swimmer. Yep. Oh yeah. Ever. Um, during the fifteen hundred, um, which is like what is it? 30 laps i think Something it's 30 like laps seven long miles um <laughs> it literally looks like she's swimming next to people that are not professionals oh because she's just so because good. she's like she's like a lap ahead of them my god she could probably do 1500 in the time it took me to do like 200 <laughs> like uh, ridiculous i think she could probably do 1500 in the time it took you to do like 400 oh my gosh that's crazy yeah good for her yeah, it's great. Well, she deserves the medal I mean, she got then. My favorite Olympian's pretty obvious, I feel like. Michael Phelps? Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we have gotten way off topic. If, <laughs> if you made it this long, I appreciate it. We will see you next week for episode 18, which is pretty quick. a lot crazy. of episodes. A lot of episodes. Still rolling. Still yeah. rolling. You made it. The train is still rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, some way. <laughs> We're off the rails sometimes, hey, but it's all good. People still watch, so hey, there's nobody that can kick coming. us off the air, so <laughs> <laughs> we're still going to be here. Maddie's kicking us off the air right now. I'm trying to. All right. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>